Hembo oh did not God. like the dancing. He does not want to see any dancing up here. He doesn't want to see us pimping a home run. Correct! Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Kmart is dunking on you, you know things have taken you a like turn. This at one point in that that. Hey. <laughs> hey. Who me? Yeah. Yeah, that's about as. That's all I got. You got. I mean, that's, 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 that's I actually thought that was impressive. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm, I'm just, Every now and then, it's impressive for you, you Mike. Catch the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the band to play celebration. Exactly. Mike T knows what I'm talking about. All right, here we go. Sneaky Hembo from Harry. Who was the last player to win Offensive Rookie of the Year that was not a first-round pick? So we've been talking about Dak Prescott a lot. So I'm going to go with Dak Prescott, not as my final answer. Oh, I'm going to go with running back from New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. Ooh. What does that have to do with Dak Prescott? Nothing. That was the point. Okay, fair enough. And the answer is Alvin Kamara! Then we're going to finish it with the <laughs> mega spin. Ooh. Look at that mega spin. We got the spin. Look Four, at that mega spin. Five, six, seven. Very good. Eight, eight nine. That's a hell of a spin. Ten. Can I tell you why this is relevant? Wow. 12. By wow. the way, 13. Still spinning. 14. Still spinning. 15. So, do you know 16. who the second favorite is this year to win the award? Is Puka Nakua. That's why that comes up. Mm. Not a first round pick, obviously, or even close. All right. Well done. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun this morning, and we are back for another hour here live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Jay Will, where are you? We had the big baguette on the floor last night. We had the debut of the night. It's Victor Wembanyama, Spurs and Mavericks. And immediately he gets into the act on the defensive end. Here's what you love about Victor Wembanyama. Is he... Godly gifted offensively, yes. But the energy and effort with the skill set and his length, physicality that he puts into the game is what makes him different. There's his first career bucket. It was a three. A lot of threes for him last night. Six points, three boards in the first half. But foul trouble was the story of the night. Grant Williams did a great job getting up underneath him, pushing him off the block. And it, this is something he's going to see throughout the entire year. People are going to try to push him off a spot and make him think the game. They got his third and fourth fouls quickly in the third quarter. Then he comes back in the fourth and immediately picks up his fifth. So he played just 24 minutes because of foul trouble. But he does come back in the fourth quarter and helps lead his team back. Best part about his game is offensive repertoire. If you're a big guarding him on the perimeter, your hands are down. He can shoot it. He can take smaller guys into the block. Mouse in the house right here. Everyone is smaller. Uh, Spurs <laughs> up by one. Four minutes left. Spurs down by two. Wembanyama from the mid-range going to knock it down. He had 15 points, five boards, and the one block shot. But at the end, it was Luka. It was Kyrie, the Mavericks made the play. That duo went 5-11 and 11 last year when they played, but offensively, one of the most prolific offenses in the NBA. And when Luka gets cooking, triple-double. Triple-double for Doncic it was last night. 33 points, 13 boards, 10 assists. Kyrie scored 22, and the Mavs spoil the much-anticipated debut of Victor Wembanyama, as did the officials, though I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. They were legitimate fouls. But he played just 15 minutes in the first three quarters. Overall, he finished with 15 points, the same as Tim Duncan had in his Spurs debut 26 years ago. So what, what do we say coming out of the much-anticipated night one for Victor Wembanyama? Same thing I've always been saying, Greening. I think in three years we'll be talking about him being in the conversation as one of the best players in the game of basketball. 
I think he will be in that conversation. The size, the length, the IQ. Last night, nobody's going to talk about it because it's not a polarizing subject matter. The maturity that he showed with five fouls in the fourth quarter to score nine points. And the sets were ran for him, Greeny. I don't think people understand how difficult that is. When you hear a call out, right, an offensive call, Scott Report tells you we know where it's going. He was able to score when it mattered. He'll learn how to play through the fourth quarter. I don't worry about that at all. His game is different. I, and people saw his range last night, and obviously that's – we've never seen anyone – I know everyone has heard it, but now last night at an NBA game we saw it. He has a skill set that no one his size has ever had, not Porzingis, not Ralph Sampson, not Yao Ming, who was a totally different kind of player. We've never seen exactly this before. You know some game he can work on that I think is perfect for Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan and David Robinson? He's going to learn how to play with his back to the basket. Green, let me show you something. Put the yeah. camera on me for one yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you see him do a lot, right? Yeah. Smaller guard, Grant Williams, he always turn and face, okay? A lot of times in the NBA, give me your glasses. Yeah, right, okay. okay. <laughs> a lot of times they put an elbow on you like this, okay, right? On yeah, the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. What he's going to start learning how to do is walking people down. One step, walk oh, down. Geez. Put your elbow on me. Keep oh, your elbow oh, on me. Another step, walk oh, down. Oh, oh. He's going to learn how to be more poised with this game and not let the defense dictate to him the physicality or where he needs to go. He's going to start learning how to push people to where he wants to. He's going to have to also hold his ground better than I just did. Yes, well, you moved a little more right. aggressively than I was expecting. But very quickly here, th- that's the big question. Yes. Is, is he going to get pushed around? Does he need to put weight on? I understand his, he will naturally fill out as he gets older. But people will look at him. All my football guys are over there saying, man, he is awfully, uh, you know, uh, narrow. Will he need to put weight on? I don't need to put weight on to get to where I want to go on the court. I just rolled off the opposite side of your elbow each and every time and got you to drop back three or four steps. It's the innuendos of the game that I think Greg Popovich is going to be able to teach him and his skill set. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, Porzingis put on 20 pounds. Okay, granted, he'll naturally put on weight yeah. as he gets older. Yeah. But you don't need him to put on 35, 40 pounds. He's not going to be Nikola Jokic. No, no. His no. game is Victor Wimbanyama. It's yeah. different. His kid is special. No question. The French right. unicorn. Jay, we'll stay close. Uh, we have much more basketball as we go. But I want to play some football uh, at game, and it's going to be called Need a Win. we got huge games coming up this Sunday. Harry, I'll start with you. Niners, Bengals. Who needs a win more this weekend? I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And the main reason is because they're last in their division right now, the AFC North. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, they're 5-2. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're 4-2. And, and also the Cleveland Browns, 4-2. They are 0-2 in their division, 0-3 in their conference, but right now they just need two stack wins to catch, to close the gap, actually. Well, let's talk about the Bengals. They're trying to play catch-up in that division, and they're going up against Sam Darnold this weekend. And, Dan, you've got a lot of people fascinated with your take that you believe Darnold is going to play really well on Sunday. Yeah, because he's never been in this situation. And Sam Darnold is the most talented physically quarterback that Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of San Francisco and play caller, has had since Matt Ryan, at least. This is not a knock on Brock Purdy. He's played elite quarterback football this year. And I don't think that Sam Darnold's threatening to take his job. But Sam Darnold is very talented as a thrower. And there's a reason why San Francisco, on the first day of free agency, went and said, we're going to give Sam Darnold $4 million guaranteed. They've had their eye on Sam Darnold for a while now. Play call wise, this is the best situation he's been in. People surrounding him, the best situation he's been in. Offensive style that he's been in, this is the best one he's been a part of. This is a young man that's been in the NFL for five years. He's had five different offensive coordinators and four different head coaches. No wonder he has failed. 
All due respect to Brock Purdy, he's been a very good player. I do not think this offense skips a beat if Sam Darnold has to play on Sunday. Yo, Greedy, Dan makes a really interesting point. We talked about this all offseason. Of all the moves in the offseason, this one's the one that was most fascinating to me because at the time, they still had Trey Lance, who, you know, they gave up multiple first-round picks. And for all the teams that are seeing what happens when you're decimated by quarterback play, this is really a great move by the 49ers. I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to play. Sam Darnold's had five years to prove it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he plays great. But credit the 49ers who are on the first day of free agency with Trey Lance and all that they had invested in him to go out and get Sam Darnold. We're going to find out if it made if it works on Sunday, but I give him a lot of credit for the plan. And I think for Sam as an individual, this is an opportunity to go out there and showcase yourself and put your talents on display when you have an arsenal around you to right. show people that, you know what, maybe he still can't be a starting quarterback in this league moving forward. All right, we'll see. I, I, I'm a big Darnold believer. Anyone who listens to my radio show knows that. I'm on your side. I think given the right opportunity, he's going to play well. I hope that he does. Mike T., let's go to another game here. I like this one. Cleveland, Seattle. Which of these teams needs to win more? The Cleveland Browns. This is a general manager's worst nightmare, Greeny. After this season, the Cleveland Browns have three more years of fully guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson. For whatever reason, it is not working out. He hasn't played well. He isn't healthy. And this year, it's really weird what's going on there. They have a championship defense yeah. and a massive question mark at quarterback. Let me get a very quick take from you on this because I have a Not few other games play. to get to. Well, but <laughs> what is going on there? I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, we got into this yesterday on NFL Live a bunch, Marcus and I. And Hawk, like, the, the fact that this feels it's being grazed over is unbelievable to me. This One, the Browns have no clue what Deshaun Watson is. We're going on almost three years now. Because remember, a year in Houston, did not play. Played, I think, seven games last year. And there was that grace period because he yep. missed football. And then now, this year, he hasn't been available for some times because of injury. And the play on the field has not been good. And, and so you sit there, and if you're, if you're Cleveland, you go, what do we have? I understand the contract. This is a Super Bowl-winning defense. A Super Bowl-winning defense. And we're going to sit there and say the starting quarterback has a right shoulder issue. Right shoulder, and it's not a big deal that we're not going to call Washington and see if we can go get Jacoby Brissett. We're just going to hope. We, he, he can miss two weeks. He can miss three weeks. He can miss five weeks. We're going to waste a Super Bowl winning defense on a right shoulder. But, but again, Greeny, he was cleared to go back again. That's why there's so many layers to this. But to Dan's point, fundamentally, guys, he has not played winning football in over three years. And I'm telling you, I've been in that situation where it's an albatross. You're looking at, you're like, for the next three years, we have no hope. That's the point. Somebody tried to warn y'all don't get up uh, over the summer. You did. And no one wanted to. Y'all thought I was crazy. Yeah. And I also no, said. I, I still think that, but that, that's, <laughs> you may have been right on this. Look, the bottom line is I got to go to the next game here because Danny's got a good tape I want you to see. But the, the bottom line of it is th th they're not getting out of this no matter what. I mean, D Deshaun Watson is there. The next three 230 years, the money dictates. The future is what it is, but there's a now as well. All right, well, we'll deal with that. Let's see what happens this weekend. One more. Uh, Vikings and Packers. Is, is my game here. Harry, who needs this one more? I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Watching this team this season, if they were able to take care of the football, they wouldn't be 3-4. and four. They might be, I would say, 6-1 and one or 5-2 and two at the moment. But they are in the eighth spot right now when you look at the playoffs and how things are constructed right now. So they still are in the thick of things. They have coming up the next six games, Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, and Las Vegas. 
this is a favorable schedule for the Minnesota Vikings to uh, try to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they think they'll get there. But I want to talk about the Green Bay side of it. The Jordan Love thing confounds me. I've had a lot of Jordan Love slander on this desk this week. I know you have a tape. What are we looking at? Well, the reason this offense is struggling, Jordan Love is not at the top of the list. And I don't think he's close. This offense has a lot of issues. And I would tell you one, the spacing in their pass game is very poor and their screen game is absolutely obsolete. Spacing in their pass game. What do you guys want the quarterback to do in this situation? <laughs> because they got two receivers standing next to each other. One cat stops. If he just keeps running, it's a first down, but the quarterback stinks. How about their screen game? This is as disjointed a screen game as that we have in the NFL. This is a throwback screen. The offensive linemen are blocking nobody. Nobody. Yeah. There's three guys just standing there. That's that that's a walk-in. This is a walk-in touchdown if we get one defensive lineman to not have it be so obvious that the screen is actually going to get thrown because they get out so quickly. Listen, Jordan Love has his own stuff. We talked about it on Monday. I think there are four or five clips where you sit there and go, why are we throwing it there, bud? And there are moments where his feet aren't good enough. But Jordan Love's kind of doing the best he can right now. I think their, their playbook right now is relatively predictable. I think they don't have enough adjustments giving to what the defense is doing. The spacing, I showed you one clip. I could show you about eight that is very poor. And they're wildly young on offense right now. It's not a Jordan Love thing. So, so me and Dio was texting this early in this week. And I think the attention to detail when it comes to their skill position players. And he didn't have this play up here, but they had a three-man wheel concept. Yeah. On third and Jaden six. Jaden Reed, right? And, and the attention to detail drove me crazy yeah, because man. it could have easily been a big play or a touchdown if they executed it, executed it properly. So maybe a lot of things are the problem in Green Bay. We will see. Meanwhile, we are five days away from the trade deadline. Mike Tannenbaum is going to tell you who he would be calling if he was Jerry Jones. Plus, is tonight a must-win for Josh Allen and the Bills? How worried should they be about Tampa Bay? Dan Orlovsky. My favorite thing is at the touchscreen, he's ready to go. He's got the tape for you next. Don't miss it. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. 
So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We roll forward on Get Up. Week 8 of the NFL schedule kicks off tonight. Josh Allen and the Bills hosting Tampa Bay. Buffalo looking to get back in the win column. They've dropped two of their last three, including a last-minute loss to the Patriots last week. And even the win sandwiched in there against the Giants was underwhelming. So let's talk about Josh Allen. Let's talk about what we are seeing on the tape. This game tonight will come down to this. How Buffalo and Josh Allen handles Tampa Bay's pressure package. Now go back to last week. I want to point out one thing. Defensively, the New England Patriots have two people on the ground with their hands, what we call, in the dirt. Everybody else, nine guys are going to walk around and try to make the quarterback see things that maybe he's not ready for. Free rusher. Now this is third and long. Josh Allen gets a completion, but it's forced for fourth down, and then you got to kick the field goal. Now this is why all this matters, okay? When you're a quarterback and you stand at the line of scrimmage, and again, you only see two people with their hands in the dirt, you're walking around going, okay, what, what's the defense? What's the protection? Who could be a pressure guy? You're walking around with unknowns. Right now, what's going to happen is this is a little bit abnormal pressure wise. There's a motion by Cook. We call these massive overloads. It's going to be a really nice job by New England. They're going to blitz this guy, excuse me, they're going to blitz this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Four guys from the right side of the offense are going to be blitzers. Everybody else is going to be a dropout person. And they're going to drop out into what's known as a traditional cover two. You've got the flat. You've got a half. You've got a half. You're a hook defender. You're the run-through middle linebacker. This end result is not that abnormal for a quarterback to pay attention to. But the reality is mission accomplished. They are going to get an unblocked defender being running right at Josh Allen. And there's a little bit of, okay, I'm not ready to go anywhere with the football. It's third down. I got to try to make a guy miss, and all of a sudden, New England's able to get off the field because their defense makes a play because of that overload pressure. Now, why does that matter tonight? Because Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely excel at that. Remember, I showed you that clip, and there were two guys with their hands in the dirt. This is why it's going to matter. Look at Tampa Bay defensively. There are only two guys pre-snap with their hands in the dirt right there. Now they're going to give another abnormal or unique overload pressure. They are going to say, okay, here comes blitz there, blitz there, blitz there, blitz here, and then we're going to bring this safety. And we're going to bring him all the way in the A-gap. Now when quarterbacks see safety or secondary pressure, we're automatically like, oh my gosh, I might be hot. Now here's the changeup. What they're going to do is while they blitz those guys, they're going to drop these defensive ends. And so that's very different for the quarterback to have to pay attention to. He's going to see that look and go, okay, Derek Carr is going to go, I'm unaware of how the pressure is working out. Look, you might have a clean pocket, but there's nowhere to throw the football to. Mm -hmm. So for Josh Allen tonight, that's the most important thing. Be ready for the pressure. Have a plan. 
communicate, execute, and at some point you got to hurt the defense when they do it. Well, so, Dan, as we go back, and the tapes are always so outstanding, I want to ask you, because we sometimes talk about, I think it was RC who said it with us on Monday, we sometimes say Josh Allen needs to not be Superman all the time. Yeah. And yet sometimes it feels as though they call games, and, and that's what that tape looked like to me. Now, maybe they were fooled on a few of those. Sure. As though they're basically saying, Josh, you need to be Superman for us here. So which is it? Yeah, I mean, listen, you're not paying Josh, you know, 40-plus million dollars a year to be, to be Robin. Right. Or maybe not. that's not the, the right – you got to ask him to be a little bit of a superhero. Yeah. And it's certainly Josh's responsibility to kind of curb that competitiveness for him. I think Josh has done a really good job of that this year. Outside of week one versus the Jets, he's played really good football for the most part. they got to start faster tonight. The challenge is going to be this. Tonight – they're going to face a defense that is going to give them a ton of different looks. It's on a short week. Todd Bowles is a heavy blitz team. They don't have Dawson Knox, who's one of their two dynamic tight ends. They're going to play with a little bit more three wide receivers. Josh Allen's just going to have to be very good with understanding when I have to get rid of the ball, where does it have to go? And then when you get into those moments where he's got to be special, that's when you ask him to go and do that. So what do you think, Harry? I, when it comes to Buffalo, I also want them to get better at not just having it be Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, y'all guys figure it out. I think more dynamic offensively from Ken Dorsey, leaning on other guys as well, whether it's Gabe Davis or Khalil Shakur or whether it's James Cook, being able to utilize him in the pass game a lot more, I think that's one of the things that's hurting the Buffalo Bills is that they're so reliant on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs throughout the seasons. Mike T, I'm old enough to remember when the Bills were definitively the biggest challenger to Kansas City in the AFC. They had them dead to rights in that game in KC a few years ago, 15 seconds left or what, whatever it was. And from that point forward, it has just gone in the wrong direction. So we tend to talk about these things in the terms of windows being open and shut. Is their window closing? Is it already closed? Yeah, it's getting there, Greeny, and that's why Tuesday there's a massive sense of urgency with the trade deadline. This is a really important game, and they're old on defense, they're injured on defense, and that's why if I'm them, they go out and try to get another player between now and Tuesday. Maybe it's Leonard Williams of the New York Giants, but they are decimated on that side of the ball. And you can get a guy like Leonard Williams who can make a big difference. No Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones on the IR. They need to do something. And we saw them greeny. They want to keep that window open. They went out and got Von Miller. Go get a guy like Leonard Williams. He will make up for some of their losses. Look, the reality is they're going to have multiple windows during Josh Allen's career. If you've got that guy, you've got a chance. Yep. But it's going to open and shut sort of periodically based on salary cap and things like that. This group should have gotten there. It feels like this was a group that was good enough to get yeah. there. They had the terrible loss against – it's a game they should never have lost, obviously. Last year they played very badly in that playoff game at home. We'll see what they're capable of. In the meantime – that boy bad continues to sweep the nation. Earlier this morning, uh, we had our That Boy Bad presentation and everyone just getting completely into the act. Look at Jay Will. Jay Will really had that going there. Me and Mike T, well, <laughs> we held our own. Not so bad. Harry, obviously, the original. Look at Jay Will. Oh, he's all the way. Mike T, get me done. Mike, Mike you know who looks loves like it. he's working out with a stretchy man. Charles <laughs> Barkley, listen. That's a bad man right there. Jamal Murray, the Denver Nuggets. On their home. Hey, Harry Douglas, that boy bad. 
Well, you know, I, I love that segment every week. And, you know, he's been doing a fabulous job. And, you know, we were just showing some great players walking in. I want to give my man a shout out. Let him know he's doing a hell of a job. So everybody loves it from Harry, including this guy, uh, the legendary Ohio State fan. Harry, you ran into him this weekend? Yeah, walking around, you know, looking at all the fans. He said, hey, Harry, that boy bad. That boy bad. I said, let me get my camera out. Let me record you. He said, that boy bad. That boy bad. Shout out to Mr. Buckeye. I thought that looked like Rain Stereo Jr. <laughs> Here are some of the other fans we've had over the course of time. Some of the young fans out there have been excited to do it. I will say this, Greeny. I, I, I flew in yesterday, and I'm at the airport, and a few people stopped me. It was like, man, I'm going to be locked in tomorrow for that boy bad. So shout out to everyone in the airport, man, that I seen yesterday that's uh, watching the show. Please tweet them at us. If you'd like to see yourself on TV doing the that boy bad, maybe doing it a little better than Tannenbaum and I, I'm trying that's to be a really as, low floor. As cool with it as this was really bad. Jay Will on his knees. <laughs> Tweet him at us, and you will be on TV doing that boy bad. All right, coming up, uh, in all kinds of other ways, Anthony Davis was bad the other night uh, in the second half. It was a disappointing debut. Charles Barkley and Stephen A. are PO'd at AD, and you will hear why next. Get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. Plenty of basketball this morning. Jay Williams in our studio. Let's run the floor. Jay, thoughts on the new look Celtics who beat the Knicks last night? They better beat the Knicks. They're a title contender. They got dominated on the boards. They gave up 13 offensive rebounds. Look, the Celtics are good. They are not the favorite in the East. That is the Milwaukee Bucks. Losing Marcus Smart, losing Malcolm Brogdon, losing Robert Williams, losing Grant Williams. Those were the heart and soul players for this team. Better offensively, worse defensively. Yeah, I don't agree, but I'm interested That's in fine. the opinion. Agreed Let's talk about the Clippers. Their big three all played together. Kawhi. Wait, say that again? Right. Big three. What, what big three? All played. They Russell, played? Russell Westbrook is in the big three with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Let's see if that second apron and some of the challenges that the league has set out with that new rule uh-huh. about player resting uh-huh. helps this team. I don't care what anybody says. I can't believe into the Clippers until I see them do it, Greeny. Well, then I can't believe in them. Talk about LA's other team, as they are never called. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis 0 for 6 in the second half as they lost to the Nuggets in their opener. How about it? Anthony Davis, everybody wants Anthony Davis to be the lead dog. He, he's going to be the lead dog at times. He's not that consistent killer. For him to have zero points in the second half is a major issue. This team, roster construction-wise, Greeny, is better than what they were last year. They are. It comes down to if AD can be that guy more. And that team made the Western Conference Finals, I will remind everybody. But earlier in this show, I just want to try and make sure I'm understanding you. You were talking about how Jason Tatum needs to be the guy and take the horns, all that kind of stuff in Boston for them to get over the top. You're telling me, Anthony Davis, you don't have the same feeling about him, that he needs to sort of grab a wrestle away 
the, the, the leadership on the Lakers from LeBron James. Jason Tatum is exponentially younger than Anthony Davis. I I'm it. still looking for Jason Tatum to blossom as a leader. Right. That's why I think his ceiling is higher. Anthony Before Davis isn't that old either. I mean, he, he feels like he's been in the NBA for a thousand years because he has been. Let me ask you, mentality-wise, though, do you feel like he's old? Uh, I, I feel like his game is old. I mean, that, almost that, every he seems old all the time. So yes. it, that's my thing. Like, if if you knew if this offseason you were talking about being aggressive and being that guy, Greeny, I don't care what happens in the second half. I'm taking way more than six shots. I know that this is my team, and, and, and this is why I think he has the gyps. He has not found his mid-range jump shot yet. Mm -hmm. He was hesitant to shoot that, and Jokic was giving it to him. That should be 10 to 15 points each and every night, but he kept trying to drive and create contact. That's not his game. And he doesn't dominate on the defensive end when his shot isn't going either. When he's not, he, he tends to just completely disappear because he could be, not could be, is a spectacular defensive yes. player. As good a defensive big as we have in the league, but sometimes you don't even feel like he's present doing that when the offensive game isn't working. That's why, Greeny, I say all the time, not all contracts are created equally. You see a number attached to a certain player, you think that player has that certain mentality. AD's mentality is very different than Giannis's. AD's mentality is very different than LeBron James. It doesn't mean it can't reach those peaks here and there, but we're all waiting for AD to consistently become the player we hope we hope he can be. Well, he looks like he should be and certainly seems like he could have been, and unfortunately, it's heading in the direction that he's not. I want you to hear from both Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Smith on this yesterday because they both had a lot to say. And that you were going to hear them in a moment. They are nonplussed watching that offer that Anthony Davis took there. And so here we go. This uh, Someone will let me know when we have them. Here we go. This was Charles Barkley and then Stephen A. He's a very talented player, but I don't think he has that mental mindset where he want to go out there and dominate every night. He's just way too inconsistent. And I don't think your number one guy can have those types of peaks and valleys. Second half, 18 minutes. Zero point. Zero! Zero! I mean, Anthony Davis, that's trash. Zero, really? Anthony Davis is a superstar when his A game shows up. But you can't trust his A game to show up consistently, which means you cannot trust that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to get to the finals. Now, when you make Stephen A's voice sound like that, one game into the season, you know that we have ourselves a problem. So let, let me stack it up. The Nuggets are the best team. They showed it the other night. They're the defending champs. They deserve that mantle. But if I ask you right now, give me the, the biggest contender to them. Is it the Lakers? Is it the Suns with this revamped offense that they have now when Bradley Beal comes back? Is it Steph and Golden State? Where I could, could throw in a couple of other teams in there as well. Who's the so, biggest threat? So disrespectful. It's none of those teams, Granny. Sacramento? Sacramento Kings. Yeah, yeah. The Sacramento Kings are the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets. And it's interesting. We love talking about the Lakers. I get it. We always do. Yeah. We want AD to be more than what he is. Yeah. They are probably the fifth or sixth best team. I'm actually making the case that Golden State might find themselves in the play-in tournament. They're on the wrong side of time. Okay? So I look at Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox. I look at them with Demontis Sabonis. I look at them with Davion Mitchell, who's a dog, who can guard anywhere on the floor. I, I look at their entire roster, what they had. Harrison Barnes had 33 points last night. Better than the Suns. Better than KD and Bradley Beal and the great Devin It's Booker. also not about better. It's about maybe who's more durable. I'm not sure about the durability of the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal is already hurt. 
Kevin Durant has a history of being hurt. And also, Devin Booker is the most important player on that team. Yeah. But he's not used to having the ball in his hands 24-7. He has to delineate between when he turns into Kobe or when he becomes in CP3. That doesn't happen overnight. All right, we'll see. We're just a couple of days into the season. It's been a very interesting start. Meanwhile, there's nothing we love more than Jay's jams. Show me some slam dunks, Jay Williams. Let's start with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson is a chance to be one of the most gifted players in NBA history. We all know the hell. But, Greeny, this guy is a wrecking no. ball. And this is against Jaron Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year, okay? Who has a 7-11 wingspan. I mean, come on, the dude is just so gifted. Coming down, not being injured, that's the thing around Zion. But Pelicans, by the way, when he got hurt, they were top three in the West. Oh, look at him going up there and throwing him down. Let me give you another one here. Let me give you Jalen Johnson working a give-and-go with Trey Young. Oh, Atlanta highlight. Okay, yeah, Jalen Johnson. Here we go. Jalen. Jalen, give it, it up. Trey Young, and oh. then watch him get it back here. Stand by. Off the backboard. LaMelo didn't want any. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on, LaMelo. Come on, LaMelo. <laughs> come on, LaMelo. <laughs> what is yours to do? No, uh, you foul. I'm not going to sit there and watch. What the hell are we doing? I mean, am I trying to win the damn game? I'm going to hack you. You're not getting the ball above your waist. Come on, know. Mello. If I'm Lamar, I'm getting out of the way. No, I don't not. want to be on that. He post. waited five minutes for him to catch the ball. It's a right. bad pass. Here come your Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox, and Malik Monk. That's what Malik Monk is an X factor off the bench here. Here's what you love. Oh, my. <laughs> Put him in a body bag. <laughs> what do you think? How do you do it, Harry? That boy bad. Well, Harry I'm, over here. I am Come so on, glad you brought me into it because with that dunk, Malik Monk, yes, it rhymes. Dead boy bad. Now, Gurney, let me say this about Malik Monk because yeah. he averaged 13.5 last season. He was the second leading scorer for the Sacramento Kings in that playoff series versus Golden State. Yeah. You're right, Jay. He is a chess piece on what Sacramento wants to do moving forward. Give it to me, Harry, right here. Dead boy bad. He deserves it, absolutely. My goodness. I'm with you on the Kings. Let's see if they were able to get over that hump. They got the seven-game series a year ago. Meanwhile, we got our NBA Friday doubleheader tomorrow night. We will see the new-look Celtics hosting Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Then you got the Kings hosting Steph and the Warriors. Rematch of that great seven-game series. NBA Countdown starts your night 7 Eastern here on ESPN. All right, next up, DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions brought to you by DraftKings. The next game is called More or Less. Dan Orlovsky, get on over here. Let's talk about it. Will Josh Allen have more or less? less than 263 and a half passing yards tonight against Tampa Bay? That's a great question. I'm going to say more because coming off of last week and understanding that they weren't ready to handle the pressure and they are going to see it a lot tonight, I expect that to be the case. I also expect Ken Dorsey, their play caller, who I am high on, to put Josh Allen underneath center, design some play action, and take some shots down the field. They almost hit on two last week. If they hit one, he goes over. Mike T, let's go to the Eagles this weekend against the Commanders. Will they have more or less than 2.5 tush-push plays? So tush will be pushed more than two and a half times whoa, every week. Whoa, and whoa, Let me tell you why. Run it until you can stop it. Of all four major sports, this is the most indefensible play. Nick Sirianni is telling the other team, here's what we're going to do. They've run no fakes off of it, no hard counts off of it. It's the most unstoppable sport. Uh, play in all four sports. No, it is. It's like the sky hook uh, going back you know, multiple generations in the NFL. Harry, let's talk about Dak against the Rams. More or less than two and a half total touchdowns. 
I'm going to go more, and I think Dak Prescott is going to get one rushing, utilizing his legs like we've seen him against the Los Angeles Chargers. But also, I think another one is going to go to C.D. Lamb and also Tony Pollard. So, I'm going to go more. Okay, and I want to talk about the Cowboys here. In the interest of time, I'm going to cut right to the chase. It feels to me like if the Cowboys are going to make a move, Mike T. did our little, you know, GM trade deadline five days away thing earlier. And you talked about them going out and trying to get Devontae Adams, which I understand and I do like. But it feels to me like if the Cowboys are going to play to the identity that I think they want to, a trade for Derrick Henry would make all the sense in the world to me. Tony Pollard was at his best. Dak Prescott was at his best. The Cowboys were at their best when they had the physical presence of Ezekiel Elliott running the football. Well, let's face it, Derrick Henry is better than Ezekiel Elliott ever was. Yeah. Uh, and, and it feels to me like that's the way they want to play. So we can talk about Devontae Adams. We can talk about whatever other deals the Cowboys need to make. This feels like the one that could put them over the top. And I would agree. And here's the reality for Dallas. You have to ask yourself between now and Tuesday, can you and how do you close the gap to Philadelphia and San Francisco? Those two teams are clearly better. Harvey Roseman, the general manager of Philly, has already made one move. They've acquired Kevin Byard, a big-time safety. So if you're Dallas, you're sitting there going, these two teams are better than us. Okay, and they've already made a move to improve their roster. I I agree, like Derrick Henry would be great. I also think this, outside of Devontae, their tight ends have been, in my eyes, like disappointing performance-wise this year in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I would call the New York Giants. Where are you with Darren Waller? Mm -hmm. I I don't know because the way their season's going, can we acquire a player like Darren Waller? Because that's going to help us in the red zone. That's going to help guys like CeeDee Lamb. And because they're going to have to score against San Francisco, maybe Cole Komet in Chicago, because the way their season's going, they just paid him. I I think that while their young tight ends were, like, promising, there's been too many drops, candidly, drop touchdowns for me by that tight end group. Um, But I I think they got to make a move. Greedy. The Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants making a trade is like me giving Harry Douglas dance lessons. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Harry, Why not? I, but I, I like the Derrick Henry thing because having a running back that now the defense has to respect on all levels, a downhill guy, it's going to bring more defenders into the box, and now you have that one-on-one coverage on the outside. Which I like something you said to me earlier this morning. For those who were not with us earlier, you said – the Cowboys need to figure out what their identity is. Yeah. They don't have a clear-cut identity offensively. Should that identity be a more wide-open offense, or should it be something ground-and-pound-esque like Well, this? here's the thing. If you have a guy like Derrick Henry, your offense, from a passing standpoint, can still be wide open huh. because of the one-on-one coverage that you're going to get on the outside because of the bodies that Derrick Henry is going to demand. We've seen it year, out, year in and year out with the Tennessee Titans. You can put eight people in the box, and it's still hard to stop Derrick Henry. So imagine if Dak Prescott has a back like that, and yeah. now you have that one-on-one coverage. He just sold me. He just sold me on this. What do you think? Does that open up the offense in ways beyond his ability to ground and pound? Just look at what's happened with Tennessee. Yep. All, all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Tannehill comes over. He's their starting quarterback. Derrick Henry's playing really good football, and Tannehill plays top 10 quarterback level. I think Der- Dak Prescott's a better player, more talented player than Ryan Tannehill. Yep. So you're sitting there going, if Derrick Henry, Henry impacted the quarterback's performance in that capacity – and we get Derrick Henry, and no, he's not the guy from four years ago, but he's still a very good back. I think he had 100 yards like two or three games ago. You're sitting there going, okay, now, and also I'd say this, Dallas' offensive line is a better run-blocking offensive line than pass-blocking offensive line. They just are. Yep. So it 
fits exactly how they want to stylistically play ball. I, I go back to uh, going to get Devontae Adams. He's going to make C.D. Lamb better. And you look at the great offenses, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Like, that's what we're seeing more. And if you're an opposing defense, who do you double? What we're all saying basically is if the Cowboys are going to get themselves really into this mix – They've got five days to get something done. And they done. need an offensive weapon. Meanwhile, More of the story. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use the promo code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Meanwhile, the mallet is ours. Damian Woody, not with us this morning, but in his honor and in his spirit, we smash them helmets on our own. You don't want to miss it. It's going to get dangerous. Jay Will's getting in the mix. We're going to smash some stuff in just a minute. We are back on Get Up, and before we start smashing stuff, you need to hear this. Micah Parsons, who is a fascinating young player in the NFL, not just great, but he's always got a lot to say. He's not happy about media criticism and feels it isn't fair. Listen. People think I'm shying from criticism. No, criticism is not the problem. Just criticize everyone on the same energy. People decide who and who we should get breaks to. You know, I wasn't raised like that. You know, I treat everybody the same. I'm gonna talk about everybody the same, get everyone the same benefit of the doubt. You know, that's the type of real person that I stand on. You know, a lot of these dudes ain't real. So what do we think of that? There is, well, I'm not even gonna give my opinion. Go ahead, Danny, what do you think of that? I think he's right. I, I, I think it's fair what he's saying, that like, it, 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 because he plays for the Cowboys, there often is a greater microscope on the Cowboys than other people and or other teams. So he's 100% right on that. That being said, they have the biggest fan base in the world. And so they're naturally, because of that, it is going to have more attention. But he's accurate. What do you think, Harry? Life isn't fair. And I think the sooner we start to understand that as human beings, you will realize why things are done in certain manners throughout all walks of life. Like, of course, you want everyone to be looked upon and under the same microscope in the same light, but that's not reality either. I think he's a great player with a massive platform. I think as he evolves, he's going to realize, ignore the noise. He's really smart, very insightful. I really agree with what he said, but I think over time, he's going to realize that's just background noise. I got to ignore I mean, it. I said this last week. With the Cowboys, you either hate them or love them. Right. It's not that case for many other teams. There's no, no in-between. But, but that attention works both ways. Totally. He gets the benefits for Micah Parsons out of being on the Dallas Cowboys, at least from the external perspective at which I sit, so outweigh the drawbacks. It's not even close. And every now and again, I think a reminder of that might not be a bad idea. All right, that said, let's remind you what happened last Thursday. So D. Wood, you know he likes to smash things. And we love it when anyone else can get into the act. And no one ever did it better than Jessica Mendoza. She was smashing helmets. She actually smashed that. Dan Orlovsky, that might genuinely be my favorite moment we've ever had on the show. When you pitched her that, and she smashed it with a bat. A reminder, these helmets are like the size of ping pong balls. And she was unbelievable. That one almost killed D. Wood. In fact, that's why D. Wood's not here today. 
uh, because <laughs> he was so dramatically injured from that. So today, D. Wood, of course, not in today. So we are going to uh, smash helmets today. This is no longer last week on Get Up. This is now live. We are actually here. And we're gonna. everyone's going to take their crack. So, Dan, you're going to go first. Oh, you guys gave me the hardest game? We've got Bengals 49ers. Oh, That's over the here. Game. Bengals game. Niners. Who complains about it's the best game it's a on tough slate? Game. Niners, a tough game. Niners are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but we don't do this with the spread. Smash the losing team. We don't know if Trent Williams or Debo Samuel's playing. I think Sam Darnold plays good football. But I think this team needs this win and is finally healthy at quarterback. Oh! Hey, wow! See, that is doing, like, you've been hey, doing what? your curls for you the girls, Dio. You see it? You see it? You see the strike? Yeah. Okay. Oh no, it's perfect. Uh, Great that, that's perfect. Right? Everything right. is down there. All right, and, and we actually have some uh, some split picks on this one. I like the 49ers because I do believe in Sam Darnold. Why do you like San Francisco? Uh, I like San Francisco because of their defense. I understand what we've seen against the Minnesota Vikings. I thought that was an anomaly. I think they're going to get things back together this week. All right, Mike T, this will be interesting. Uh, we got Patriots-Dolphins. Beat that. The Dolphins are a nine-point favorite at home in this game. Ooh. Patriots played them tough. Not sure if Tyreek Hill is even going to play. Smash the losing team. Well, look, no Tyreek Hill, no problem. We still got a great offense. We're at home in Miami. It's still a little bit warm for Coach Belichick. Sorry to do this to you. Oh, oh! I think he hit himself. Not bad. That hit you? That right no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. It's down fact, there. I'm so okay, Green. I have a bonus one. You know, usually D Woods here. Yeah. You know, you know where D Wood went to college? Boston. Boston, Boston college. college. Do you know who they're playing this week? UConn. Oh! oh. Don't do it! Oh. No. Don't do it! Oh. Don't do it! Oh. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! You know who we are? I think they both hit him, by the way. I think both of them bounced back into him. Okay, we got two more to do quick. Jaguars, Steelers. Who's got the mallet here? Oh, it's Harry. All right, Harry, Steelers, a two and a half point underdog at home. (laughs) Smash the losing team. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers losing this football game because I like Jacksonville. Their offense has finally started to get things together. Yeah, Greeny, I pack a big punch. Wow. You know what I mean? Big things come in small packages, baby. I don't think anyone knows where that went. All right, one more. Jay Will, hold yes. on a second. This is Uh-oh. a big one for we us. We need to talk about oh, this. <laughs> we got Uh-oh. Jets Giants over yeah, here. I'm a Giants man, you know this. I've never allowed the smashing of a Jet helmet on this set. So I'm I but I'm trusting you. Uh oh, do what do you the feel, right Jay Will. Thing. I'm trusting you to do the right thing here. Do what you feel, Jay Will. Do what you feel, Jay Will. I haven't been on TV for a month and a half. I need to stay on Greeny's show. (laughs) I got a job. I need a job. I need a job. I love it. The Jets love it. That's all solid. right, That's a solid. brilliantly done. <laughs> Sorry, Tyrod. Okay. Outstanding. And so the picks have been made. We are all on the Jets, and delightfully, so is Jay Williams. All right, much more to do as we continue here. Uh, first take is coming up. Stephen A. devastated about the Knicks last night. Who's more dangerous in the East, the Celtics or the Bucks? Jay Will's on his way over. So is Orlovsky. Molly, Stephen A. and company. First take, top of the hour here on ESPN. You hit that clean. Before we go, noted food critic uh, Dan Orlowski had the following post. 
I feel like if I didn't love Cheez-Its and Goldfish the way I do, I would look like Zac Efron in Baywatch, underrated tremendous movie. But a handful too often turns into a box fast. Uh, and so, Dan, if it makes you feel any better, we have a couple of... Uh, how about that? Would that, would that work for you there? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Right? Is that about the right body for you there? I mean, no. It's, that's the problem. I have too many snacks. How about this guy? Was this guy eating a lot of Cheez-Its and uh, other cheesy snacks? Uh, this fella here Are running the 40-yard dash? Here's the problem. If you're a parent, you know this. Like, you got the pantry, right? I've got four kids, so so often when I try to go get a snack, I'm trying to hide from my kids. Because <laughs> if I have it, like, can I have some? So I just end up stay, sitting in the pantry and smashing goldfish or cheese. Well, when, we, when we say a speed-deficient quarterback, Greeny, this is what we mean. I see, I see. Hey, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> see me? I'm not going to forget what you just tried to do to UConn. And no, I don't want to start now. <laughs>